Welcome to LOL Adulthood. Hey everyone, you're listening to LOL Adulthood and I'm your host, Reem. And it's me, Gabe. We're back. And today we're going to be talking all about spirituality. Specifically life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. To start off, let's define spirituality. How would you define the term spirituality, Gabe? I feel like it's it's like a pointer to something, like the word itself. A like pointer? It, it, yeah, like it kind of can point you into the direction of what spirituality is, but there's not really a definition that really captures it, you know? Yeah, I would agree with you. I feel like spirituality can mean different things to different groups of people, right. and right. that term is really broad because spirituality could be anything. For some people, it could be religion. You know, other people, they could get it from meditation or yoga. You know, some people can get it from exercise or all different sorts of like kind of methods to do it. And I'd say like there isn't like one true method to spirituality. It's just kind of how you interpret whatever method you're using and kind of how you integrate it into your life more or less. Yeah. Spirituality, I would say, is pretty much how it makes you feel. In the definition of defining spirituality, we've narrowed it down pretty much to two categories. One, it's to how it makes you feel. Two is where it can take you. To an extent, too, it's like not necessarily something to be attained or, you know, like sought after to an extent. Because almost like all people find it in a way, Mm -hmm. I feel like. But it's it looks different for each like individual and each individual soul, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a feeling, but it's easy to kind of identify with your separateness from the universe in a way mm-hmm. and just kind of look at how other people, how they kind of integrate themselves into, I guess, the Tao, for lack of a better term, how they integrate themselves into that and how they connect to it is going to look a lot different from you. So you could look from the outside and be like, like, how, how do you live a life like that? Like, how do you enjoy mm-hmm. like this kind of existence? And it's like. Like, I know me, especially, I can get, like, down all kinds of rabbit holes just, like, looking at how other people do things and, like, looking how they live their lives and just thinking, like, how could they ever do that? But then it's like, well, that works for them, and that's how what they kind of grew into. And that's, like, not for me to judge or for me to decide whether or not it's right or wrong. I just have to go on my journey and find what connects me to my life and what connects me to my happiness and, like, a place of understanding and love, you know, and mm-hmm. not... And look at them and judge them for how they do it, even yeah. if I feel like it's wrong. You know. Yeah. So spirituality pretty much is like how it makes you understand the world around you and your connection and relation to all things. Right. And how things play out. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So spirituality is just having a holistic view of everything. And I think that's kind of what like all religions are yeah. trying to grasp towards, um, but not always effectively. And I I feel like it kind of depends as well on the religion and on the person kind of subscribing to that religion. Like, you know, there's a lot of good things that can be taken from probably most religions, but maybe it doesn't resonate with certain people the same way, you know. But at the same time, maybe it's also trying to uh, describe the same message, um, which isn't always so clear because it's kind of hard to, I mean, it's kind of hard to grasp the idea of like interconnectedness and like a unity of all when you see things. And like I was saying earlier, like you see other people and you'll judge them. But 
you know, most likely if you're in their position, you'd be acting the same way. Cause my, my kind of idea behind it is like behind this connectedness is like everything is one. Uh, everything is you, you are everything mm-hmm. kind of thing. But part of that is growing into being a human being that also looks at other human beings and doesn't and identifies with that separateness more than the connectivity. Yeah. Right. Because that's, you know, what we've learned to do as humans mm-hmm. and that is not necessarily wrong, but it can also lead to a lot of suffering, you know? Yeah. And spirituality is such an interesting topic because everybody gets to that point eventually in their life, whether they experience it when they're young or when they're old, everybody gets to that point in their life where they have a spiritual journey. I would say both times they do experience that spiritual journey, it's way different. Mm-hmm. So what are the both times that you're referring so, to? So example, I grew up in a Muslim household under the religion of Islam. And that was strictly pretty much just a rule book spirituality right. kind of thing. Yeah. And following the Quran, you know, just following the basic things of like fasting during Ramadan, being modest, waiting till marriage, arranged marriage, all that stuff. You know, it was pretty much just rules. Right. And then after I started college and started reading on my own and becoming more aware of everything else that is out there, that's when I became more spiritual. Right. So I was spiritual in the beginning. But it was like a kind of a lesser extent. Yeah. You know? It was just like Maybe rules. almost going through the motions. Going through the motions. Yeah. But I mean, there is something to be said about like going through the motions of these things and like kind of applying a sort of discipline to it, I feel like can be yeah. very helpful. Like I'm sure you, you prayed and whatnot mm-hmm. and like followed, you know, Islamic traditions and stuff and like just setting those certain patterns in. Because I don't want to single out the Islamic church. I think corruption kind of like it can happen in any church because it's human beings running it and they're going to have their own selfish wills and desires, you know, that are going to go along with that. And, you know, you see with the Catholic church with like their whole conspiracy. But I think there is something to be said about like developing this discipline Mm -hmm. and developing these patterns, you know, that can potentially be very positive in people's lives, you know. Yeah. When I started out with Islam, it did send a really solid foundation, created a good guideline for me of who I wanted to be. Right. But when I entered college and I began reading from various religions and learning more about philosophy and all this stuff, I fell into a different realm of spirituality. Right. Right. Where, did it feel almost like deeper or? Yes. Okay. It definitely felt deeper and it felt more out of this world kind of feeling. Right. You know, whereas with traditional religion, you're pretty grounded, you're physical. But in this new form of spirituality I reached in college, it was more out of body, more meditative. It was more understanding like the your soul's purpose. Yeah. If that makes sense. Kind of like a balance between like the body and mind and what feels like spirit, you know, because like we were saying earlier, it's kind of hard to classify this, like kind of classify like what is spirit, what is spirituality? Like they're kind of just concepts to an extent, but also they can be very helpful in describing like certain levels, I would say to uh, 
these different feelings and experiences that you might have through deep meditation or prayer. No, that's really interesting because I like I was kind of similar in the sense like because you're still Islamic, right? Yeah, so, I'm still Muslim yeah. and I'm I'm very active still. Right. So so I like grew up Mormon. I feel like I had a kind of like a spirituality that was fueled by like the fear of like getting in trouble from the Mormon church that they uh-huh. really instilled into me really well. Uh, but then like when, when I was 10, my family left the church. So, uh, I kind of like took a whole different turn and like pretty much up through high school, I was like agnostic, like slash atheist and really took on like the idea of like the, is this kind of a Newtonian principle? Like Isaac Newton kind of came up with this theory that, um, and I'm sure he's not the first one who thought of it, but his idea was kind of like God created the universe with a certain set of rules and then just left it alone and didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I kind of heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like, cause in my mind is like, if there is a God, like, I feel like he just kind of doesn't interfere. Yeah. And I don't even like saying he, cause the, I don't know for me, like the word God has become so jaded and like almost corrupted to an extent that like you only, people only think of one thing. And I think, even just thinking of like something that's an infinite as one constrained thing is not, it, it just can't be an accurate model for the divine yeah. to an extent, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Hindu and like, they, they kind of have multiple gods, but also they believe that God like exists in all beings, you know? Yeah. That's interesting that you went that route after high school, like after you left the church when you were 10. I think my sophomore or junior year, I think it was my sophomore year of college, I kind of started like, I read like the Tao Te Ching, kind of adopted some of those philosophies. But it's like, it's if I were to sum it up, it's kind of like yin yang, you know? Yeah. Like just the duality of nature, the duality of the universe, and uh, you just the two-sidedness of all things in reality. And then just had a bunch of different like analogies and like metaphors and like different ways of describing it, you know? And the author of the Tao Te Ching is like, he's considered a pretty like influential philosopher in like, in a lot of Eastern traditions and a lot of, uh, and then a lot of like modern day philosophers and like, and, uh, people of that nature listen to a lot of like most of them. I, I would expect them to have read the Tao Te Ching or at least understand mm-hmm. the philosophies behind it. So that was pretty interesting, but I still felt like I was, I could still get pretty nihilistic kind of like with that duality it's like it's pretty easy to get negative to an extent because it's like well if this is just how things are what why would it matter to Mm -hmm. an extent you know yeah like if it's just like this is the universe and this is how it flows like i have no control kind of thing certain substances pushed me to a different direction okay to meditation to yoga uh to exercising to fighting even or boxing in particular Things that I felt like really connected me with like this moment and like that you couldn't let, I mean, your consciousness can go to other places in meditation and yoga, but like the idea is to be there now. And I think part of the reason like boxing was so important for that is like, it's so intense and it's so focused, like somebody's attacking you, you know, like you have to fight back and you have to focus on that. You don't have space in your awareness to think about other things. And it's very meditative in that sense Mm -hmm. where you just kind of, you get caught in this flow and it's like, oh, I have to be in this dance or 
I get hurt. Even me getting hurt might be part of the dance, but I got to go with it. Or it's very complicated, but it's, uh, I think fighting is a very spiritual thing. You know, you just, you feel it through the breath, you know, and that's always what for me, like ever since certain experiences, like, especially after like, I crashed that bird scooter <laughs> and <laughs> almost died and had like a horrible concussion, like, like meditation and yoga were very helpful tools I feel like in my healing process and also like dealing with the anger and depression that came with like a concussion and then just dealing with all those emotions too. And after that, you know, and like uh, how, how that could expand my consciousness and like really kind of feel like take me out of my body sometimes and like give me a certain, a kind of reset, you know, Mm -hmm. and connect me to the breath, which I feel like for me, if I were to put the spirit into one thing, it would be the breath, at least as far as uh, being a human, being a living, breathing creature. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like the breath is the the best connection we have to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is no one way to classify spirituality because you can always become more spiritual. There's no limit to that, you know. Definitely, like, spirituality is an ongoing process. It's pretty much just your human experience on Earth and what that means to you. Right. So far, spirituality can be broken down into two categories, like we said earlier. It can be physical and it's mental. And I think it's also where the physical and the mental meet, too. Yeah. And that's the hardest part of, Mm -hmm. like, classifying it, is the the merging of the physical and the Mm -hmm. spirit, you know? Not to say that the mental is spirit, that's definitely a, a bad way to classify spirit is by uh, containing it it's, all within the I, mind. It's just, yeah. I feel it in my chest. Like, I feel it in my body, you know. It's your, yeah. you feel it in your soul. In what's, your soul. That's you what know, spirituality is. For lack is. of a better term. Like, yeah. And that's another jaded term because it's like, how do you classify a soul? Like, what is that? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> we can speculate. But yeah. <laughs> it's like gravity. Nobody knows what that yeah. is. We just know it's there. It's like. Like, speculating what a soul is is, like, speculating what happens, like, what is before birth and what is after death. Yeah, we don't know. We don't really know, but we can, here's here's ideas. And here's the feeling that we have. You know, spirituality for me has become, right now in this stage of my life, more of a soul thing, more of a mental thing. Right. Where I am. Like a grounding kind of experience in a way. Yeah, it's. It's like I just woke up, right. you know, and I'm trying to figure out what it all is. Right. And right now I am trying to push myself more towards meditation, being more mindful and more conscious of my thoughts. Right. And being more in my head than usual and paying attention to what I'm thinking. That's interesting because I feel like I have the opposite kind of problem. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I want to get out of my head. And feel more the rest of the experience. Because uh-huh. I feel like like my head, and maybe this is partly from my concussions and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it has like a lot of negative thoughts and stuff. So like I'm always like working through that and like almost trying to extricate my consciousness and acknowledge these thoughts, but also not give them any power or cadence. Really? You know? I don't think until last year, I don't think I've ever paid attention to the thoughts in my head like yeah i would but i never gave it value or weight to those thoughts 
ever since I read this book called Entering the Fifth Dimension, mm-hmm. I realized ugh, it's so hard to explain because it it's so explain, it's yeah. so complex. It's like our our language has not evolved to yeah. the point of describing certain things within like spirituality and like for like a better term like kind of soul ascension and like I, we touched on that in our like yeah. immortality and soul ascension episode in that book it talks about how you have voices in your head right and it's not schizophrenia no but everybody has like a dialogue yeah you have yeah most people have a dialogue in their head and people not yeah apparently some people don't don't yeah about 20 percent in a survey collected there's 20 percent of the world don't have a narrative but they can speak though and stuff Right. Yeah, they can talk, but apparently they just see um, pictures and images. Are they don't just like NPCs. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That actually sounds like a kind of nice way to live. You know, <laughs> thoughts get kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, imagine thinking about anxiety and just like pictures. Yeah. Well, especially in my head, they like they pick up and snowball and start rattling off and going real quick, and it's just like do this, do this, do this, do this, and it's like. It gets pretty hectic, so it's nice to kind of take a step back and <laughs> get out of that. Whew, that's that's okay. That can go on. Just breathe through it. None of them have to carry any weight. If there's some good ones, take them down. But the rest can go in this recycling bin over here. <laughs> um, in the book, she says, okay, you have voices in your head. You have your obvious conscience that's like, hey, don't do this. Maybe this is a bad idea. But there's also another voice. She says this voice is your higher self. The and, super ego. Yeah, you're, I guess your super ego. <laughs> and once you become more connected with them and more in tune with your body and mind, you'll be able to have conversations with your higher self, which feel totally different from you and your narrative. Right. I feel like I've had a touch of that, mm-hmm. but more of my like, spiritual relief has come from like i guess relief is probably an accurate term Mm -hmm. uh because just like the constant thoughts and like identifying with like pain and like certain suffering is kind of what keeps you trapped in that i feel like a lot of times whereas otherwise you can just kind of feel it and let it pass yeah but once you start assigning like thoughts to it it, like really snowballs and you kind of start to live in that space but this is kind of like an alan watts it's not it's not an Alan Watts, like he didn't create this. It's like meditation, right? But like basically meditating so that there are no thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. Right. And the re I guess part of the reason I was surprised when you said like something like twenty percent of people don't have like an inner dialogue going on mm-hmm. is because mine is always going on and it seems like I just can't turn it off. You know? Yeah. And it's like so hard to just like press the pause button on that and be like Okay, I don't need to identify with what's snowballing in my head right now. Like that can just like yeah, I can be up, like apart from that and just kind of observe it happening. Uh, but what's interesting about this like certain type of meditation called jhana is you're trying to get to this point where there is no chatter in the skull. But then also part of that is realizing when you kind of just have to let it go on and kind of let it run its course and not control it because there is no real control. Because who is the controller? Who's trying to? Who is the one that's? part of what got you trapped in that like that dialogue in the first place in a sense is because those thoughts are in a way looking to control things but also can be very misguided sometimes like i think the saying kind of goes is like thoughts 
and ego are an excellent servant, but a horrible master, you know? Mm. So the idea behind it is to use your thoughts productively, but not let them rule over you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that. That's very interesting. I think since I've entered this stage of my life with this level of spirituality of connecting more with my higher self. Right. I am. But you're saying, sorry, you're saying like, it's more like a dialogue between you and that higher self. Yeah. Right. And it feels like I am vetting through more thoughts, more nuanced ideas to an extent, or it's going between like negative and positive, like I'm vetting through and my mindset has been mostly positive. Right. It's been re, if there is a negative thought, it's quickly redirected to a positive. Right, right, right. I I feel like in that sense, I have had like a similar experience, like, like, oh, here's a negative thought real quick with, and then just kind of replace it. I haven't necessarily had these dialogues with what I would call my higher self, but Mm -hmm. just kind of connecting maybe to that energy, I guess, but not so much having a dialogue, but what's really helped me is like, you know, me and my girlfriend, she's been playing like these positive affirmations in the morning. Those have been really helpful. And it's like, sometimes I'll say them, in, but sometimes I'm just kind of laying there and listening to them and just repeating them in my head, Yeah, you know? And so it's, it's not always easy. Some days are harder than others when uh-huh. negative thoughts come up, but I've noticed more often now since we've been practicing and it happens more frequently, what'll happen when I get a really negative thought like just say like some random like oh i'm super bored here i hate this like i hate being here at work or whatever that'll pop up and it'll be like the next thought is like it and it almost like kind of drowns that thought out to an extent where it'll it'll just be like i'm grateful for the income i have i'm grateful to have a job if i kind of feel like i need to keep continuing it i will but like it's been kind of huge just those positive affirmations just kind of interrupt that negative thought pattern you know Mm -hmm. and i think for me, it'd be really good to kind of start snowballing those positive thoughts, kind of how the negative ones have. But the problem is those patterns have been set for almost 24 years now. So it's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely hard to rewire something you've constantly done your entire life. It's right. hard to re- rewire a routine. Right. And it's you don't even necessarily or you're not even necessarily aware that you're doing it when you're growing up. You know, it's just that's what you're exposed to those are your responses and you just identify with it because that's because you don't know how else you know yeah and nobody's really shown you how how else because they don't know necessarily either mm-hmm. so it's interesting to kind of go like down these like spiritual paths because it's like stuff that people kind of already know within mm-hmm. themselves to an yeah. extent like what you need to do what you need to like what you need to kind of tell yourself and how you need to kind of live in order to have a more positive experience. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not always that easy, though, either, you know? Yeah, and for the listeners out there who are, you know, new to spirituality, how can we explain to them how to reach that? What are the steps to having that spiritual awakening? I mean, we're all on that path right now. It's not like we've fully awakened or anything. Right, and I wouldn't say... I don't think there is, like, an ultimate awakening. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is. I like, don't know what <laughs> Like, are, do you just kind of disintegrate into the force? Like, <laughs> you just kind of dissipate into the background and it's like, like, if there is a pinnacle, that's the pinnacle, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, if, if this is something you're kind of like, if you're looking, if you're somebody who's like about self-growth and like your kind of mechanism for that is spirituality and connecting to that, I'd say, you know, it's good to have something, even if you don't directly meditate or like do yoga or directly do any kind of meditation, because I'd say meditation, obviously, yeah, great, it's, the right? one. it's one of the biggest ones. I'd say doing anything that gets you in this meditative state of mind, you know, kind of taking you out of your thought patterns, you know, if they're negative, if, if you have some really good thought patterns, you know, there's no reason to uh, not identify yourself with that. But I'd say also like identifying yourself with positive thought patterns all the time, probably, you know, it's, it's always good to have more perspective. And I feel like kind of extricating yourself from your normal thought patterns through some sort of meditative practice is always going to be good. There's so many things that I could say could qualify as like a meditative practice. You know, like I was talking about earlier, how it's kind of like fighting for me or just exercise in general, you know, how these things and especially fighting because I'm like forced to focus on that yeah. so much. It's like, you can't really be somewhere else in your head or you're going to start losing and getting beat up and it's not fun. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be something so intense. Obviously it can be yeah. literally just learning to take deeper breaths, you know, just breathing into your stomach and taking deeper breaths, taking more loving breaths in instead of taking like really shallow breaths that aren't really nourishing your body the same that way that deep meditative breaths might, you know, maybe picking up a yoga practice, you know, painting, uh, running, you know, there's so many things that I could suggest, but I'd say like the most important thing, no matter what you choose, try to bring the breath into that practice. And that's for me, I've found that like anything I do when I breathe and I really like try to let that be my guide is when I get the best results from it. And just kind of when I'm trying to go with the flow of, of the breath and like how that brings me into the flow of what I'm doing uh, or what I'm, you know, saying or whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. To reach spirituality, it's going to be different. It's going to, there's so many options you have. It just depends on what calls to you. I didn't meditate at all until just recently right for me i got more into spirituality by books by reading about it and i think that's also a good start is just reading and journaling those are the two biggest things next to meditation that can right really connect you with spirituality because you're getting more in tune with yourself once you right, become exactly. more in tune with your own humanity and your own mind Things are just going to open up for you and you're going to see these connections and right. you're going to be pushed towards that. Right. And, and, and it's like, it, it's interesting to see how you get out of your own way when you do these certain things and how it's like you start to feel like anything is possible and anything you put. And obviously within the certain limitations within our own realm and, you know, there's only, you know, time is obviously a constraint, mm -hmm. you know, for human beings. My best moments within any meditative practice have always been when I like I can get out of my own way when it's not the ego it's not me it's it's just everything flowing together and things just tend to it's like you know like a, a lot of great painters will say like 
you know, people will ask him where the inspiration came from and they can't really say it just kind of, mm-hmm. fl- just kind of flowed out of them. It kind of flowed out of the paintbrush. They don't even feel like they were the ones doing it. But spirituality doesn't hit you just like that. No, it, it's a process. It's a sure. process. It's a piece by piece awakening. Right. And then sometimes there's like big pieces that feels like that yeah. come all at once. But yeah. other times it's just like a discipline and practice, you mm-hmm. know. Spirituality pretty much just hits you once you become more conscious who you are, your decisions, and the people around you and your environment. Once you become conscious of everything, I feel like that's when spirituality pretty much makes an appearance. Because then you're able yeah, to yeah. connect the dots and you're able to, you know, feel that energy. Right. And especially in like a big way is, is when you start to become a lot more aware of like, all the goings on but then also you start to understand like the different levels of everything you kind of start to realize and that's i feel like we touched on that earlier when we said like there's not necessarily like a pinnacle to it you Mm -hmm. know it's a process and there's levels to it and it doesn't ever seem like you can get to a maximum level like you just keep going and learning more and more about the universe and the world and the Tao and just these different terms and ideas to explain it and then understanding the different levels of everything yeah spirituality is constantly growing if you think about it really we are the first to even have spirituality in our lives you know we're the only living creatures that have that i mean nobody knows for sure was like as far as we can tell within our plane of existence and the earth we're the only ones like that seemed like it's more or less evolved to that point. Yeah, but and all- it's interesting to think, why? Why have we evolved to the point where we have felt the need to create the desire for spirituality? Right. And I mean, it's, it's not like it hasn't been around for a while. Like, religion was one of the, is one of the oldest things known to man. You know, yeah. like, that's kind of a big part of our history, you know? Exactly. But our existence as people in general isn't that long. Yeah, no, I mean... So it's weird to think why we created spirituality in the first place. We are the first ones to develop fully aware consciousness. Right. And from there, what do we do with that? We connect it to a higher power. Because why? And why does it seem like we continue to grow in that direction? Exactly. You You do have that as a set foundation. Everybody experiences it in a way. Right. It doesn't matter right. if you're not even religious. Right. You grow up agnostic. You're still experiencing spirituality. Right. You know, and it's just, maybe it just depends how you kind of react to it. And life is a spiritual experience. I'd say probably the biggest hits of spirituality you get are your birth and your death. And there's a bunch of smaller ones in between those times. But it seems like a lot of people... And not just necessarily now and now in today's day and age, but like, you know, there's been yoga, there's been all these different things like yoga with it connecting to all the chakras and stuff and uh, kind of connecting to you in that sort of sense and mm-hmm. showing you all these different things. And then nowadays where they've even like, like even the CIA and the gateway experience, like they started to kind of put science behind these kind of more what were before kind of thought of as these spiritual things like For example, they kind of like looked at the science behind like transcendental meditation 
behind like kundalini and kind of saw like how these things affected the body and how you could like manipulate your own body through these kind of spiritual practices. I don't know, just kind of interesting to think about and, and, and kind of analyze how our uh, consciousness is evolving to a kind of higher sort of plane, you know, and it's like how we kind of started off still spiritual in the sense that we were living creatures, but started off pretty rudimentary running through the, um, you know, plights of survival uh, and kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say taking it for granted, but maybe we would just like, there wasn't like enough evolution to develop any sort of analytical mind towards it. But then again, I think the ego kind of likes to cling on to the power of analysis as it's yeah, kind of like... Yeah, and I like, feel like we have actually developed an analytical way. Right, <laughs> very linear to an extent, you know. Yeah. Which is helpful for a lot of reasons, but also in a sense can be limiting at the same time, you know. So it's it's just weird to think right. we are the genesis of spirituality, which mm. is weird. Don't you think that's weird? Yeah, like, well, as far as we can see in our evolution, you know, because I feel like human memory is pretty limited, mm -hmm. you know. It just in general, like, it's evolution has been interesting to analyze. but Because we don't know if any other, like, we don't know if the dinosaurs had any kind of, like, spirituality. And, you know, they lived and died and breathed. So, of course, there's levels to spirituality to, to that. But yeah, it's like, like I was saying earlier with the analytical mind, it's like it in a strange way, it adds all these different levels to it because you can start looking and picking these things apart, you know, but also can't really transcribe into the entirety of the experience, you know, mm -hmm. which may be in a weird way, like dinosaurs that had no thought process other than, you know, instinct may be more spiritual in a way, you know, but then again, maybe just even the idea of comparative spirituality is a result of the analytical mind trying to put, you know, quantities to these things, to the unquantifiable. Maybe spirituality, kind of like love in a, in a way that I would think, is not something that should be quantified to an extent, you know? Mm -hmm. no, not necessarily anyway. Bruh. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you guys are... If, if if the listeners out there are, like, looking to get more into it, like I said, I'd say the number one thing, take some deep breaths, you know, breathe deeply, you know, and it sounds so simple, sounds so easy, but it's like, you know, proper breathing can change your life, yeah. you know, like, for sure, like, I 100% I believe that, you know, um, but yeah, and then, like, if you're trying to get, like, deeper into spirituality, like, there's, like, so many you know, pretty cool religions out there. Uh, careful who you follow when it comes to that stuff, though, because a lot of people go off the rails. A lot of <laughs> cult leaders have gone quite off the rails misinterpreting, like, the Bible or other yeah, religious texts. Yeah, just don't texts. join an extremist group, Yeah, you know? yeah, just keep it light. Like me, just one murder, you know, and then you're done. You kind of dip your toe in it. Just kidding. I didn't actually murder Billy, just in case any uh, law enforcement's listening out there. Didn't actually murder anybody. Uh, but if I did, I'd only do it once, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You'd learn from... I'd learn from the mistake of murdering someone, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But hopefully I won't have to learn from it, because I just won't do it. You know? Yeah. Because that's my spiritual journey, is to not murder people. 
That should be everyone's spiritual It journey. should be, but it's not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it still happens. <laughs> and I know we're laughing, but this is a serious topic. This is a serious yeah. topic. Don't you kill can, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And don't take my laughter as, like, me not meaning that. Like, don't kill people. Or I'll come after you. And he'll kill <laughs> and you. And I'll kill you. And it won't be murder because you were going to murder somebody. So I'm a savior, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Yeah. So it, it all works out. It all. Karma. Karma. Yes. Reincarnation. Spirituality. <laughs> and that's Cap. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Cap. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Gabe. And I'm your girl, Reed. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm um, starting an MMA podcast. It's going to be on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, uh, haven't we, We've recorded the first episode. I'm hoping to release the first two episodes either by next Wednesday or next Friday. So check that out if you're listening and you're a fan of MMA. Oh, yeah. And the name of the podcast is The Game of Death. Uh, and it will be under my name, Gabe Mia, and my buddy Jacob Harrison, a uh, um, good friend of mine from high school. And we are big fans of combat sports, particularly UFC and MMA. So give that a listen if you would. I'm sure you'll enjoy it if you're a fan of MMA. Or combat in general. My spirituality. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out our Instagram at loladulthood and our website, as told by Reem, for more updates and fun posts. I'm your host, Reem, and this is LOL Adulthood.